morning, everyone. Welcome back to our weekly Tehillim class. We will be studying this week chapter 63 of Tehillim, and I want to thank our sponsors for this morning's class, sponsored by Linda and Marie Markowitz, who I see, I saw their names up there, um, in memory of Linda's mother, Reza Bas Yochanan Shalom, and Murray's father, Binyamin Ben Moshe Yaakov Alevi. Our learning should be in Aliyah for their neshamas. I want to thank them for their sponsorship. If anyone wants to sponsor a future class, you can be in touch with me or Lee in the office. Um, but again, I want to thank the Markowitzes for their sponsorship, and the, the learning should be in Aliyah for those neshamas. Um, just a quick note, this will probably be our last class, um, at least Hillam class, for a little bit of time as next week is Som Gedalia. Um, I do not think we'll be teaching that morning. The week after that is Yom Kippur, and the week after that is Chol Amoed. So we might be on a break for a little bit of time. Everyone should pay attention to the weekly, pay attention to the Zoom WhatsApp group. But in all likelihood, this will be our last Tillam class until after Sukkot, but there'll be obviously plenty of other learning opportunities. And uh, please God, Amir Tashem, everyone should have a happy, healthy New Year, um, with wonderful in-person learning opportunities for those who listened to Behind the Bema last night know that that was a very, very um, lively conversation about when we will be moving our classes back in person. Please, God, we will do so shortly. But uh, until then, I'm enjoying learning with each and every one of you online, some of you with your faces, others with your names. I also had a lot of nachas this week. I was at a wedding this week, and a young woman came over to me from Teaneck. She was here for a wedding, and she said, Are you Rabbi Moskowitz? I said, Yes. Yeah. She goes, I listen to the recording of your Tehillim class every week. And uh, Baruch Hashem, we uh, Baruch Hashem, were able to hopefully inspire some people in the study of Tehillim. And again, I always say I do this for myself. This is a selfish learning that, thank God, you're along the ride with. But uh, it's something I enjoy immensely. I've gained more than I ever could have imagined by our study of Tehillim. And again, I want to thank you because a class is only as good as those who attend with the teacher. Otherwise, I'd be just learning by myself. That's no fun. So what I want to do today is chapter 63 of Tehillim. Chapter 63, and I've always said, there are no coincidences in our study of Tehillim. This is, I can't think of a better chapter to lead us into the Yom Narayim. I mean, I can think of some, but we've already studied those in the past. So of the ones that we haven't studied yet, it is no coincidence that Hashem put this one right in our path before Rosh Hashanah, before Yom Kippur, before Sukkot, and I'll explain why in a little bit. Again, for those who came on late, we are on chapter 63 of Tehillim. He's more David Biyoso, Bimidbar Yehuda. David HaMelech, again, what exactly are we talking about here? But David HaMelech, according to most of the Mephorshim, is on the run. Rashi says, Boreach Mimnei Shaul. He is running away from Shaul. The general construct of this chapter of Tehillim is that while Pasuk 1 is the introduction, 2 through 6 as we'll see in a very short while, is David's yearning to come closer to Hashem. Psukim 7 through 9 is David Amalekh reflecting upon the security that he feels or that comes with a feeling of closeness to God. And 10 to 12, again, you could break that up a little differently, I'll break it up 10 to 12, is David Amalekh is asking God to bring curses to his enemies. So three major sections of this parakatilim. And again, the first one is just historically, we know David is... In the Midbar. Now, a Midbar, what do we know a few things about a Midbar? We know that a Midbar, a desert, is arid, it's dry, it's dark, it could be cold, it could be scary, right? Anyone who's ever spent time sleeping out in the desert knows that it's not uh, not such wonderful conditions, very difficult 
conditions. That used to always be one of the options on some of the summer trips, is you got to spend a couple of nights out in the, the deserts of Israel. That was never the one I chose. I chose the one with showers and with lack of dirt. But, um, but that's always what, what some guys, some kids got a thrill out of that. This was not a thrill for David Amelch. Anyone who's ever been in the Midbar Yehuda knows that it's a, it's, it's, it's a scary place, that it's a dry place. And again, I'm setting that up for everything David is going to say after that, because David says in Pasuk 2, very famous Pasuk, Elohim, Eli ata ashacharecha, Right, Hashem, you are my God, Ashacharecha. What is Ashacharecha? Messiah Zion writes, Inyan Jerisha, which means Hashem, I'm yearning for you, I'm searching for you. Ashacharecha, I'm searching for you, Hashem. That in of itself, I think, is a beautiful, beautiful terminology. Tsama Lachanafshi, Kama Lacha Besari, Davanamel says, a very famous line, My soul thirsts for you, my body yearns for you. As I sit in this parched, entire land without any water. Now, of course, this imagery is beautiful. It's an imagery where David is showing us that he doesn't just crave water or meat, but rather he craves the relationship with Hashem. As the Malbim points out over here, let me just find it. The Malbim points out, Even though I'm in, a, in the middle of a desert, and my body is craving meat, in my neshama, right, my soul is craving water. That's what should be happening. Notice I should be craving meat and water. However, says the Malbim, But that's not what I want. I don't crave physical things. There's only one thing I crave, and one thing I desire, and that is you, Hashem. So, Samalacha Nafshi, Kamalacha Basari, my soul, my body is craving you. Again, I'm in a parched land. And that imagery of just as I'm in a parched land, and you would think that I crave water, and you think that I crave food. That's not what I crave, says David Amalek. Rather, what I crave is the relationship with you. The reverse over here has a beautiful introduction. Reverse says the following. Find it. Right, when it says, Elohim, Eliata that I search you out, it's such a beautiful language. He says, You are not impersonal to me. Right? I just love that phrase. You're not impersonal to me. If you listen to the tone of this parak, it's almost like David is talking to his best friend. It's almost like he's talking to a parent or a parent to a child. This is not an impersonal plea. Samalachanafshi is a love song. It's what someone says to someone that they love. It shows a sense of intimacy, right? With reference to God, therefore, shachar means to search for God, of whose presence one is convinced, but whose nearness one would wish to perceive in the midst of the sad, dark days. In other words, what do we say, shachar? Why shacharecha searching you? So shachar means, um, it means, uh, right, he writes here, let me just get the exact line, Right. Shacharecha is the search for an object which is not spatially distanced from us, but which we cannot see because it is still dark. Shachar also means dark. Therefore, usually when we say alot shachar, it denotes the time when the night is coming into the morning. Right? So it's no longer so dark, but it's also not daytime yet. So you're searching for something. You know it's close to you, but you can't exactly make out exactly what it is. 
What a beautiful imagery of the reverse. Because what he's saying is, David recognizes that God is so close to him. And yet sometimes he's hard to find. And I think that's such a beautiful representation of how you and I feel about Hashem sometimes. We know he's close, but sometimes it's hard to find him. Says reverse, that is all ashacharecha. Shacharecha, shachar is when you know something is spatially close, but you still can't find it because it's not fully light yet. That is our relationship with Hashem. So we're seeking Hashem and we're craving Hashem and we're recognizing that we're not just a physical body, but rather that we have a soul, a soul that's screaming out. The same way if you were dehydrated or you were starving, you'd be screaming for food. So we have to make sure to nourish our body. We have to make sure to nourish our neshamas as well. We've spoken about many times in the past. Pasa Gimel. Kein bakodesh chazisicha. Liros uzcha uchvodecha. Right? I will behold you in the sanctuary. Kein bakodesh. So too. I will behold you in the sanctuary. Liros uzcha uchvodecha. So that I could see your might and your glory. What are we talking about here? So just as someone who is thirsty in a desert yearns for an oasis of water, so too, says David HaMelech, I know I'm distanced from you. And yet, I yearn to be in your Beis HaMikdash. Right? So too, eat the same way someone who's thirsty is craving for water, so too, I'm craving for you. The Malbim over here says a little bit differently. The Malbim over here says, Sharia Hubei Mamish. Right? Then we talk about Liros, it means to really see. I want to see your glory with my eyes. Don't forget, David is in the middle of a desert right now. He can't really see the base of Megdash, so what does he have to do? He has to imagine it. He has to imagine what it looks like and what it feels like to be in the base of Megdash. To what it feels like to be in front of you, Hashem. So the Mabim says that's his tefillah, Hashem, I want a real re'iyah. I don't want to just imagine it. I want to see it. I want to feel it. I was reading this Pasuk, I was remembering, I wrote about it last year, but uh, there was a wonderful article that came out around Tishabab last year about uh, uh, a woman who obviously made Aliyah from Ethiopia. And she describes as a child in Ethiopia that they were taught about this idea called Yushalayim, that there's this place called Yushalayim and that's how they have to get. Right? We've spoken about in the past that they thought the Beis Hamikdash was still standing. They were devastated when they came to Yushalayim and saw that the Beis Hamikdash was no longer there. They had never been told. They didn't know. So anyway, she comes to, but she says their entire life, she knew that there was something called Yushalayim and they knew that they had to get there. And then when she sees it with her eyes, right? So, so that's what David is saying. I yearn for it. Like I'm imagining it. They had to imagine what Yushalayim was like. David says, I don't want to just imagine it. I want to see it. Kain ba'kodesh liros uzcha Right? Even in the, I want to feel what it's like to be in your, in your Kodesh. I saw here, I saw here, do I want to reference this now? Yeah. Um, this is from the Torah's Chaim, Torah's Menachem, I assume it's a Lubavitch a Sefer, but uh, he says here the following, and it's such a beautiful insight. Usually, when you're distanced from something, you crave it, right? So think about a relationship. If you and a spouse get in a fight, so you crave to come back to that. There's this strong desire to come close again to your spouse, right? If you're in a fight with a friend. So when you make up with that friend, sometimes that relationship is going to be more intense, deeper and more meaningful than it was previously because there is what he calls 
ומתחזק הרצון והתשוקה. There's this deep yearning. V'hitanug b'kirval kodesh. You're craving to come close. Right? That's why he says we have this idea of the greatness of Baal Yitshuva. Because when a Baal Yitshuva is coming from far, sometimes the Baal Yitshuva is even more on fire than the person who's been from his whole life. Because they have this inner burning desire to come close to you, Hashem. Says the Torah's Menachem, that's the understanding of Kein Bakodesh Chazisicha. The same burning I feel now when I'm far away from you, Hashem, is the burning I want to feel when I'm close to you, Hashem. Kein Bakodesh Chazisicha. He says, Halavai Bakodesh Chazisicha. Right? If only when I'm in the Kodesh, I should crave for you the same way I crave for you now. Hainu Shem is Barachim. He gives, it's a bracha. Umevakshin. And it's a yearning. Shagam Kashir Nimsaim Bakodesh. That even when we're in the Kodesh, Yihiyeh Oso Tzimaon Kamobashashi Ubami Bariyuda. That my craving, my yearning should you, for you, Hashem, should be the same way it is as when I'm in the barren desert. Right? So when we're distanced, we want something so badly. Sometimes when we come close and we have it, that burning desire dissipates. So David HaMelech is saying, Kain Bakodesh, he translates as, Halavai Bakodesh. If only when I'm in the Beis HaMikdash, if only when I'm back in Yushalayim, I feel this yearning for you the same way I feel it now. I was thinking about this idea of the Torah's Menachem because it's exactly what we're going through in COVID. Right? So many people for months couldn't be in Shul. And for those months where they couldn't be in shul, they craved and they yearned to come back. Ah, if only we can come back to I miss Minyan, I miss the rabbis, I miss being in shul. Right? Kain Bakodesh Chazisicha. Halavai. If only people, when they're back in shul, feel that same way about davening, feel that same burning desire to, to connect with the Almighty in shul as we did when we didn't have it. When we didn't have it, we craved having it. And now that we have it, it becomes regular. Halavai Bakodesh Kachazisicha, says the Torah Menachem. If only I felt that same burning desire when I'm in Shul as when I was distanced from Shul. I thought that was a, a really magnificent reading of the Pasuk and understanding of, uh, of that idea. So again, David is sitting in a barren, dry, arid desert. It's dark, it's cold, it's the middle of the night. But what is he craving? He's craving the relationship with Hashem. Tzama Lachanafshi. My nefesh, my neshama, my soul is craving that relationship with you, Hashem. Kitov chazdecha mechaim, a very strange pasuk, because your kindness is even better than life. Svasai yishab chuncha, and my lips will offer you praise. What does that mean? That your chesed is better than life? How is your chesed better than life? So here I'm going to draw your attention to two comments. One is the mabim. The Malbim says, usually, chesed is about the outcome, right? So I give someone tzedakah, it's about the outcome. I want this person to have money to put food on their table. Here, says the Malbim, chesed is the outcome, right? Kitov chazdcha, your chesed, Hashem, is the greatest thing. Why? That because you did chesed for me and allowed me to live, now, now I can sing your praises. In other words, life says the Malbim for David HaMelech, is only a means to an end. Did you know that? That our lives, the fact that we ask for air to breathe, and right, it's, it's a means to an end. The end is praising Hashem. That is the goal of everything. So if we're using our life not to praise Hashem, then we're, we're misusing it. We're missing the whole purpose of life. Life, the air we breathe, is not an end in and of itself. It's not like, oh, I woke up this morning, I'm alive, shine. 
No. Life, says the Malbim, is a means to the end. The end is praising Hashem. He says, Right, he says, If I wasn't alive, then I can't sing praise to you. Because the whole purpose of my life is that I can praise you, Hashem. Your chesed, Hashem, your kindness, that's the be-all and end-all. It's even better than life. Life is a means to an end. The end is the chesed that you showed me by allowing me to praise you. So that's what he says, that your chesed is better than life because your chesed allows me to praise you, Hashem. And that, of course, is the entire reason why I am alive. Right? We said in our class on breathing, right? that with every breath I'm going to praise you. And we say that that's the purpose of life. The entire purpose of life is that I can praise you. That's why Hashem gave us breath. Hashem didn't just give us life this morning because he needed another blob in this earth, so he created Philip Moskowitz. No, I, I have a purpose today. I have a mission today. And that is to praise Hashem. I do that through my davening. I do that through learning. I do that through the way I help people, through Kiddush Hashem. All of that, when I talk about God and I praise God and I remind people how great Hashem is, that, that is the end. Life is just to get there. Life is just to get there. Okay? The Radak over here says, Tovu chesed she'asisem b'nei adam she'chananto ha'seicha yoser mechayaguf. That we're talking about here is the seicha. Right? That our minds, that our minds would differentiate ourselves from all other living beings. And therefore he says, Kitov chazdecha mechayim svasai yishabchuncha. Right? That, again, you differentiated us from other entities by allowing us to sing your praise. So I will praise you, Hashem, in my life. And I will lift up my hands. I will raise my hands when I praise you. Right? We sometimes see someone say, Ah, oh, Hashem. Right? So that's this comes from this Pasuk. The Gemara Brachas on this Pasuk says something very interesting. What does that mean? That I will bless you all my life. That's Kriyashma. Bishimcha esakapai. What does it mean that I will lift up my hands? Zotvila. That is a reference to Shmon Esrei. What does that mean? That Kriyachma and Shmon Esrei. Why are we referencing Kriyachma in Shmon Esrei here? What a strange, what a strange connection. So I heard a beautiful insight that the entire point is that David is teaching us a lesson about davening. Lest you think that the only place you can daven is in a Mishkan or a Beis HaMikdash, or in a shul, says David HaMelech, even when I'm far away from the Mishkan, even when I'm in the middle of a desert, I still have the tools, and the mechanisms to be able to connect with you, Hashem. Wherever a Jew is, right? certainly we should come to shul, and certainly we should seek out a minion, but if there's a COVID pandemic and we can't, or let's say we find ourselves in a circumstance where we're on. Our health is compromised and we're not able to come to Shul. Don't for a second think, says the Gemara Brachos, that you are any less capable of connecting with Hashem. Because Kriyashma and Shmon Esrei, says Davon Melech, those can be said anywhere. I can be in Midbar Yehuda. I can be in a dark, arid, dry desert and still have the tools and the mechanism to be able to connect with you, Hashem.
I think that's a beautiful Musar Haskil for every single one of us. Again, of course we should attend shul. And of course we should always seek out a minion. But there are times in life where we can't have that. There are circumstances beyond our control that preclude us from having that. And that's when it's important to remember that our relationship with Hashem is not geographically sensitive, but rather with a mouth and with life, we are able to connect with Hashem. We're able to sing Hashem praises. We're able to daven to Him. We always have Kriya Shema and Shmon Esrei to travel alongside with us. A beautiful insight into the Gemara in Barachos. Pasuk. Oh, I lost my place. Pasuk Vav. Like fat, right? In other words, the same way fat satiates my body, so too, so I'll sing your, I'll joyously sing your praises. In other words, the same way, so a fat, fancy steak is what satisfies my body, so what satisfies my neshama is you, is being able to sing the praises to you, Hashem. Okay? The Malbim says that this is a direct reference to I'm sorry to davening. Masha esaka pilot filos palal it's chaim agashmiv. Sorry, he says here. Kentish banashi sheetain la mizona haruchani gimel pamim bechol yom. That the same way it's an amazing album. The same way we nourish our bodies three times a day: breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Says David Amela kentish banashi. I'm going to nourish my neshama the same way three times a day. How? Betvila, with davening. Kamoshi yitnu gimapamim laguf mizono agashmi. The same way I give my body time three times a day to be able to satiate it and to nourish it. So too, shazet mazon hanefesh. I'm going to give mazon to my soul. I'm going to nourish my soul. How do I do that? That when I praise Hashem, when I sing your praises, when I daven, when I learn, when I say Tehillim, that is the nourishment to my neshama. So I want everyone to think about that. That we spend three times a day nourishing our bodies. Let's make sure minimally three times a day we're nourishing our neshamas. Through davening, through learning, through Tehillim. We should never go a day. The same way we don't go a day without eating or drinking. And even when we do, we're miserable, Right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm talking to you. We got two fast days coming up, right? We're miserable. So, so too, we should never go a day, three times a day, without making sure to nourish their neshama, without making sure to nourish our neshama. Kamosh Kasav says the Malbama Kuzari, Shekamosha Gufa Gashmi, Sarachu El Amazon, that the same way our body needs food, Velo Yichla Biladav, and it can never live without it, Kin Mazon Hanefesh Yatvila. So too, the Nourishment for our soul is davening. Shitidbak el sharasha ruchani, which reconnects us with our root. In the same way we eat three times a day, so too, David Amalek says, I'm going to daven three times a day. And every time I daven, it changes our davening. Davening is just mumbling words. Davening is an IV for our soul. It's an IV for our soul. That's how we should think about it. And that changes the entire paradigm. That's what David HaMelech says. Pasuk 8. Right? So again, this imagery of David craving, of, of, of it being about the soul, not about the body. Im zecharticha al yitzuai. Im here does not mean if, but rather when. Im zecharticha al yitzuai. When I remember you on my bed. Bashmoros when, right, when I think of you at night. 
when I reflect upon you at night, what am I reflecting upon? Because you've always helped me in the past. And in the shadow of your wings, I will sing praises to you. Davka nafshi acharecha, my soul is attached to you. Bitam chayiminecha, in your right hand. Your right hand is always there to support me. What is this imagery of on my bed? Right? When I remember you on my bed, in the middle of the night, I'm going to think about you and I'm going to praise you. So refer says something so amazing here. So amazing here. Oh, I skipped a comment from refer that I wanted to do. Okay. Says Raversh that Zachar is a, denotes the remembrance of a thing or a person that is part of the past. Why we remember things that are part of the past. Hegeh is the vigorous meditation upon a thing for the person in the present. So Zachar is the past. Hegeh is the present. So something's happening in the past and something's happening in the present. Okay? Says refers to the following. In former days, David says to Hashem, I remembered you while I rested upon a soft and luxurious couch, recalling how you had been near to us in the past. Right? Again, David is a David, David was a wealthy person. He slept on the finest linens, in the finest beds, in the finest palaces. David lived a luxurious life. Now where is he? He's sleeping on dirt. He's got a rock as a pillow. So David says, just as in the past. When I was comfortable and sitting in my palace, I remembered fondly how you were always there for me. Now, even during my nightly vigil, lying upon rocks and sand in the middle of the desert, with not even a bare couch on which to recline, I'm in the middle of nowhere, I got nothing, no comfort. Still, I meditate upon your closeness to me, even at this hour. Right? We remember Hashem in the good times, and we remember Hashem in the challenging times. David HaMelech says, The same way I remembered you on that comfortable couch, so too, so too now, present, so too now, I'm going to reflect upon how near you are to me. Not for a second, David says, do I think you, Hashem, have forsaken me. Not for a second, David says, do I think you care about me any less now than you did when I was sitting on my plush, luxurious couch. Um, obviously an amazing message for every single one of us, right? That we don't just praise Hashem in the good times, but even in the challenging times, we recognize that Hashem is there alongside with us, that Hashem has our best interests in mind, that Hashem loves us, and that Hashem wants the best from us. And that's what Emuna is, right? There's a reason why they call it a leap of faith, right? Because sometimes you do have to look past your Dalad Amos and where you are in your cir- circumstances right now and to remember and to reflect upon a history, of a God that does amazing miracles for us. In the belief that just as he did them for our past, so too he will do it in our present and in our future. Again, that beautiful, that my soul is connected to you. Now, there's an enormous pivot here. An enormous pivot here. Up until now, David's been talking about his soul, craving, neshama, beautiful ideas. Now he turns his attention to his enemies. He says, Vehema la Shoah Yivakshu Nafshi. We know the word Shoah, right? It's to destroy. They are seeking to destroy my Nefesh. Yavo Betachtios Aretz. They are trying to enter me into the depths, right? Tachtiot, the, the darkest depths of the of the of the land. Right? He's, uh, Malbim says here, Vehema, Aval Oive, 
Heim l'shoah yivakshu nafshi. Nafshi ayakara azos asher ikar. Right, this nefesh, which is so prefesh, precious, they're trying to drag it down. They're trying to bring it into the depths. So David looks at Hashem and says, Yagiruhu aydecharev. Right, kill them through the sword. Minas shualimihu. Let the jackals prey upon them. In other words, let them be destroyed. And while that's happening, Pasuk Yerbeiz, V'hamelech yismach Belohim, And the king will rejoice in God. Yishalel kol bo. All those who swear in God's name, they will yishalel, they will rejoice. Ki yisacher pi Because the mouths, those who speak lies, will be yisacher, it will be stopped, it will shut their mouth. Right? Says the Malbim, Hadvarim Shiguru Al Dicherev, Kibavada Melech Yimloch Kemoshi Hivtiach Lo Hashem. Even though they doubt Hashem, and even though they question God, right, we know, we know that Kemoshi Yiftach Lo Hashem, that Hashem just as you promised us, that's exactly how it's going to happen. Who's the Melech here? So most of the Mephorshim say that the Melech here is David. Right when he says, that when you get rid of all my enemies, the king, namely me, I am going to rejoice. Some of Forshim, refers, for example, says we are not talking about the Melech as David, but rather we are talking about the Melech is Shaul. That Shaul will rejoice. Shaul will rejoice? Isn't Shaul trying to kill David? What does it mean that Shaul is going to rejoice? So the Mephorshim point out that, yeah, what it's talking about here means that David never had a beef with Shaul. Right? We know that from previous classes, where David had the opportunity to kill Shaul, and he chose not to. His fight was never with Shaul. It was always with the people alongside Shaul, who he was fighting with. But he never had anything against Shaul. That in and of itself, I think, is an amazing, amazing idea. How could David, someone who wanted to kill him this entire time, and he has nothing against him? So I think the answer is, is the beginning. Because the, the whole question is, what does the end have to do with the beginning? It's such a dramatic shift in Pasuk 10 from the beginning, which is beautiful. Some of the Hanafshi, I'm craving you, Hashem, and all of a sudden, Hashem, kill all my enemies, they all be destroyed. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What changed there? So I think the answer is, is that when your entire life is some of the Hanafshi, when your entire life is craving a relationship with Hashem, so you don't get caught up in the, in the nitty-gritty details. You don't get caught up in the, in the beefs and the fights and, the, and, and that this person was out to get me and that person was out to get me. You have your eye on the prize. Right? You recognize what the goal here is. Shaul was still the divinely ordained king. David says, my issue is not with you. Right? David is able to weed out. He's able to sift out who he's really angry at and who he's going to protect because really he's a messenger from Hashem. Right? That's an amazing ability, but only someone who's some Hanafshi, only someone who's not entrenched in this world of ego and desire, a kinah and taiva and kavod and honor, that person, that person's not going to be able to do what David Amalek just did. But if someone has some Hanafshi understands what the ultimate goal of this world is, then he's able to look back past some of the, the some of the difficulties that he's going through in the current moment. It's a beautiful parakatilim. Obviously, the last three psukim are a little bit more challenging. But as I said at the beginning, I can't think of a better set of psukim to lead us in to the Yom Narayim than the words, Elohim Eli Ata Shacharecha. Hashem, I know you're so close to me. And yet I can't see you. I'm searching you. Drisha, 
Drashticha, Hashem, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find you. I just want a little bit more of you in my life. Tzamalachanavshi, Kamalachabasari, my soul is craving for you. The same way my body craves water and it craves food, my soul is craving for you. Even though we're in this world where we feel parched sometimes, and even in this world where we feel so distanced, and even in a world where, where, where sometimes our neshama feels so, so, so dehydrated, ultimately that is the avoda of Rosh Hashanah and of Yom Kippur, is to bring us to that point of where we crave Hashem, we search for Hashem, where we yearn for Hashem, and we should never forget that in our davening. As we're davening for good health and for parnasa, and as we're davening for nachas, and we're going to daven for a lot of things, and peace and Eretz remember to daven. Remember to daven. That throughout the year we should feel close to Hashem. Because it's very hard. And without siyat to deshmaya, it's almost impossible. So we should daven, in addition to all of our other tefillahs. Hashem, I crave you. I yearn for you. I want that relationship with you. Samalachanafshi. With that, I wish everyone, first of all, I really want to thank you all. I don't take for granted for a second that so many of you join me every Thursday morning. I don't take it for a second that we're able to grow together and learn together. It is a major um, highlight of my week, and it's uh, really a shining point of, uh, of, of what I think this show represents. And so I don't take it for granted for a second. I want to thank everyone who joins us every week, either for this class or for the three ideas in 30 minutes. And I really, from the bottom of my heart, want to wish everyone a ksiva a happy, healthy new year, and that Hashem should answer all of your tefillos, kol mishalos libeinu, whatever it is that you need this year, Hashem should answer it for good, speedily in our days. And Be'ezras Hashem, we come back after Sukkot. It should be together, learning in safety and good health. In Yerushalayim, Yerakodesh, Bimheira, Bi'amenu, Amen.